Welcome to On the Internet with Jason, a podcast where we explore the latest headlines, news, and interesting topics we find on the Internet. Here's your host, Jason Harris. Dude, I don't know where you get these intros, but like, that was awesome. <laughs> it's just like, I actually kind of wanted to listen to it one more time because I was getting into it, you know? Um, hey, 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 what's going on, everyone? It is Jason Harris here, and thank you for joining me on an episode of anything and everything we want to talk about when it comes to the automotive industry. I'm not exactly sure what podcast we're recording today, so I'm just going to go with that title. <laughs> Today I am joined with the one, the only, the Austin. Doesn't even have a last name. It's kind of like Beyonce. Uh, we just call it Austin. Exactly. <laughs> well, and the, and the oh so knowledgeable, the Superman himself, Jeff Tessier. What's going on, guys? What's up? How you doing? Too bad. Good morning, everyone. How's everybody this morning? I'm doing great, man. I'm excited to take the kids out and go get jacked up on sugar and. <laughs> And adult apple cider beverages tonight. <laughs> yes, I'm looking forward to uh, taking the kids out, and then uh, we'll we'll usually go out a little early, maybe five thirty, five forty-five. Get the the kids done quickly, and then come back, light a fire, and have some adult beverages in the driveway while we hand out candy. See, best thing ever. You know what? I know Austin that you know you have a total show planned, and we, and me and Jeff will probably just end up ruining the entire. Derail it. by all means but you have to say look i know today we're not supposed to mention dates because stuff gets posted here there and everywhere but it's halloween for us and um i mean talk about just marketing at its best right like let's just let's just create a holiday you know because we're not selling enough candy you know, like, <laughs> you know, and I mean, I know a lot of people talk about like the origins from All Hallows Eve. And there was another one from somewhere back in the 16th century with some other Buddhist monks and whatever. I've, I've heard, look, I've heard all kinds of variations, of it, right? <laughs> but the commercialization of, of wearing masks and going door to door for candy is totally, you know, an American thing. And I mean, you have to applaud. I mean, literally, it's just like just took it two big industries, and let's just—we're not doing enough of something. Let's create a holiday. I would. How awesome would that be if just one day I decided, you know what, I'm gonna—I'm not doing enough business. I think I think I'm gonna make a holiday, <laughs> you know, like, and convince enough people that it's gonna happen, right? Like, I don't know. I can't. I don't even want to talk about how much money I spent on. Um, on costumes, if you're a parent out there and you're watching, listen to this, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know, it's it's the amount of money we spend for something they're going to wear once because by next year they're going to be they're going to outgrow it, and by next year it's going to be somebody else or some other monster. Some other thing will be popular anyways, right? So it wouldn't yeah. matter if they stayed the same size, right? But I just I know we're going to get costumes and the candy like twenty bucks for like fifty candies is crazy. <laughs> Let's and yet, if you wait till tomorrow that. morning, those king candies will be five bucks. <laughs> Dude, but think about how amazing of a marketing strategy is. So let's take a candy bar, all right, this big, all right, that we normally sell for 89 cents, okay? But then we'll cut it into five or six little pieces, all right, combine that with 40 of those, and we'll sell the bag for $15. <laughs> so, 
it's wild. There's no other holiday where you're giving strangers gifts either. Like it's yeah, right. So unique in that sense, where it's like a commercialized line of people you don't know coming to receive (laughs) gifts from you. (laughs) We literally tell our kids, "Don't Don't talk to strangers," except for Halloween. (laughs) <laughs> where we want you to go and knock on their doors and take stuff from them that you don't know what it is, what it is, or if anything's happened to it. <laughs> like, I mean, it's, it's a marketing and branding genius. And I would just love to know. I mean, I'm sure it was a series of events of how it got commercialized to what it is today. But I mean, bravo, you know, like, I know we'll probably talk about that when we go to Valentine's Day. We'll do the same thing, right? Like, <laughs> just the. Cover. But I mean, right. I just think about like you know, like someone asked me, so, slow, you know, sales are slow this quarter. You know, what can we do to increase them? Like, let's make up a holiday. Even though you know what though, I did see floating around the other day on social media like this list of holidays. Okay. People do make up holidays. Like, I guess there's actually a process that you can go through to actually register a holiday. I mean, dude, there's a holiday. There was, I didn't know there was a national donut day. Did you guys know that? I'm not making this up. There's a national donut day. Did y'all know this? I had no idea. I'm <laughs> sure Jeff, you would know that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, <laughs> look like I ate a few donuts. I can't say much myself. <laughs> That's all the adult <laughs> beverages versus the donuts. <laughs> Dude, there's like, there's a best friends day. Like, I mean, there's the, there's a holiday. Anyways, anyways, I digress. I'll get off my, I'll get off this one. Austin, you actually did have a plan uh, for today's <laughs> podcast. So let's, let's go with your plan, Austin, because if you let me just sit here, I'll just squirrel. This one yeah. Uh, so let's go through some headlines. That's what we do here on this podcast, right? Um, right. Headline. So first off, uh, the final manufacturer, GM, reached a tentative deal with the UAW workers. Um, and so, yeah, that I guess that marks the end of the UAW strike. Oh, for now. For now. Um, for now. It's a tentative time, deal. So, yeah, there's no guarantee that that's going to be sticking around. Well, it doesn't it go? Doesn't say in the article they have to go through like a voting process and it's like across the yeah. divisions for voting and blah 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 blah, right? Like, you know, I think I read another article recently where like you know some of these departments by default will just vote no no matter what. You know, for the first the first offer that goes out there, you know, no, right? Like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know. I guess maybe I've been in the automotive industry long enough to know that this is a cycle. Like I don't think this. I don't know, Jeff. Did this time, did, you know, this announcement of this particular strike make it feel any different than the one a few years ago, and then the one a few years before then? Like, no, it's, I mean, it's been this, like you said, it's like a cycle, just like the weather and whatever. It's just, it's you know, it's coming. I mean, they were a bit more deeper in their asks and things like that, but or considerably I mean, deeper in their asks in this one. So I mean, manufacturers are are making record profits as well and maybe the employees thought they should get their fair share of that right um whether i agree with that is uh, I, I don't particularly but you know they were asking i think for what was it 40 percent increase over the next 40 percent wage increase yeah. four day work week 
cost of living adjustments, higher job security, defined benefit pension. You know, you know, I mean, some of that I can agree with, but I mean, 40%. When, when, when are you or I, Jay, going to get a 40% increase over the next 10 Dude, years? I, I, I got to admit, like, I mean, when I, who, who has the audacity? Do you know what I mean? But, I mean, that being said, I did read something somewhere else and talk with some guys uh, last week that the manufacturers, even though that's a huge ask, because I expected, okay, that's just going to mean their costs are going to go up by 40%, right? Or more yeah, based on yeah. other things. Well, but the reality up. is their, their their labor costs are not the most expensive part of their business. It's less than 10%. So, I mean, in reality, it's not really. But the unfortunate part in all of this is that the consumer at the end of the day is going to be just paying more. That's that's all it is, right? So, Well. And we already see what's going on with inflation, right? <laughs> We already see what's going on with inflation. I mean, you already seen people like, you know, uh, pre-COVID. If you had, you know, if you bought a car with a five hundred dollar a month payment, you know, that same that same car is now a seven hundred fifty dollar a month payment. And crazy, you know, yeah. let's just let's just tack on, you know, another excuse for manufacturers to increase. Like, look, it's not like the manufacturers are going to take this on the chin and go, "We'll take one for the gipper," you know? Yeah, I mean, they've gotten used to their high profits for the quarters right so they're going to maintain if it's a 400 million dollar profit quarter or i don't know what they are i don't really pay that much attention but they'll they'll manage that and end some more right so you know it's going to just be passed to the consumer it's it's simply going to be passed to the consumer and you know I just, and the other thing i just like who has the audacity to come out as for 40 percent increase with a four-day work week it's like <laughs> i'm i don't know man like i'm just like really Maybe you we know, should be doing that. And, and, and then we sit here and we all complain about how, you know, automotive is leaving leaving America. Well, oh, shit, Sherlock. <laughs> like, I mean, look, I'm all so, for, you know, uh, livable wages, you know, but I mean, come on. So in the, in the fight against like Tesla in non-unionized uh, workforces, uh, so... Pre-UAW demands, the unions on average labor costs for the big three was $64 an hour. And non-union companies like Tesla were $50 an hour. But if you were to calculate in the UAW demands, if they were to get everything that they're asking for, that now bumps up the big three to $150 per hour. So three times what Tesla has to pay. So that significantly puts them behind in terms of cost of labor. Well, and like I said, uh, these businesses are stupid. They're not going to take it on the chin, one for the gipper. You know, like it, they are going to find other places. And ultimately, the consumer is just going to end up paying more for the product, you know. Um, and I think these companies will continue to find ways to do things with non-unionized um workers you know well that's the other thing you gotta look at right look at uh even up here in canada we've had over the years the last 15 to 20 years manufacturing leave right exactly and although they are in a pinch right now and it's not like they can just build a factory overnight it doesn't mean that now plans aren't in the works to start relieving that excess labor cost somewhere else right so we may not see those impacts today but i I remember one of the biggest strikes when i first entered the industry was in 90 it must have been 97 or 98 i can't remember what year exactly but gm was on strike for a very long time and Mm -hmm. they got behind so far in production but that was the start 
of jobs leaving the Canadian and parts of North America, right? So the U.S. market, right? So and I mean, it's been a what we'll see down the road is 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 a who knows, right? Well, it's been a chisel. I mean, probably since well, maybe mid seventies, you know, late eighties, going in through the nineties. Like I mean, like I said, this is a cycle, and it's like every single time this goes through a cycle, they just chisel off a little bit more, you know. But hey, I don't know. Look, the car I'm driving was built in Mexico, and I'm pretty satisfied with it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you know what's also interesting is like the non-union manufacturing too right like we've got some people that work for the honda plants in uh in our area up here and they've already looked at these these contract negotiations and and maybe they're not paid quite the same but you know obviously they will do what they can to come closer to make sure that they're not in those positions of of you know losing labor force or whatever right so I mean, I think these guys are paid quite well, to be honest, from what I hear from people that I know that work in manufacturing. So I'm not sure. <laughs> well, like I said, I, I, I think the bottom line is at the end of the day that it's going to be the customer. Yeah, so, which sucks. Which sucks. But like I said, I'm not surprised. I don't know why this particular one, people are making a bigger deal over it. Like I said, it's about a three to four year cycle. You know, yeah. if you go back and look about three or four years, there was one then another three or four years behind then it was another one like it's just i don't know maybe i've just i've heard it and seen it so much you know it's not like it's not like the big three are just gonna go oh, oh no we're gonna stop making cars like it's <laughs> like it's not, it's not gonna happen right um and you know what i also think it was a little bit of a uh let's call it what it is a little opportunistic you know the timing with everything, you know, things are just kind of beginning to settle down a little bit, uh, you know, coming off of a couple of years of, you know, just ridiculous uh, profitability, uh, higher margins, bigger grosses. And so, yeah, anyways, is what it is. Um, I, it's a blurp. It's a blurp on the, on the, on the big picture, you know, and like I said, it'll happen. It happens now happen again in the next well, their contract will be for four years, right? So, exactly. We'll see. There prepare for this in the next three and a half years to start hearing about it again. <laughs> yeah, wait. Yeah, wait till another three and a half, four years for you. You just start hearing about it all over again. So, speaking That's of good. manufacturing, heading elsewhere, do you guys know what the biggest EV manufacturer company is? EV manufacturer company of EV. Like batteries or like EV vehicles in general? Vehicles. Isn't uh, Volkswagen one of the biggest ones right now? Well, I was going to say Nissan. Who is it? Neither of you voted Tesla? That surprises me. Well, I'm just thinking total amount. Volume. Volume, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> BYD, the Chinese manufacturer, no is kidding. number one if you really? include PHEVs. So Tesla is the biggest battery electric vehicle producer, and BYD is. I knew it was going to be destroying everyone. It had to be <laughs> something in China. I mean, you know, you know what it's going to be. I mean, the amount of vehicles we talk so much about the, Ooh. you know, the American market, but when you look at the South Pacific market, it's bloody monstrous. Um, that's huge. That's crazy, though. So yeah, BYD. Is doing a lot of interesting things. They're so their 
cars are significantly cheaper than Tesla's. Yeah. They're, so they're so. entering the new market. They're entering the states within. Do they plan on? Actually, I do remember reading this. I think in the next few years. A year or so. Yeah. Um, huh. That'd be interesting. You know, well, think of it. It's going to be like a. Uh, I mean, so think one like. Their... Honda show. It, yeah, I've, I've seen these. I've seen these before. This is actually. the BYD Han. And this one here. Not bad looking cars. I have no idea how the hell they drive or what they look like. <laughs> But I've seen the picture. So, yeah, the, the mass market one is looking at like thirty-two thousand right now. U.S. Um, Pretty U.S. Reasonable. Yes, which is significantly cheaper than your Tesla. And yeah, from what I've heard, it's it's comparable in performance. I obviously I, looks good. I can definitely see this happening. Um, and, you know, it could be something like, you know, the 60s when Honda showed up. You know, I can't remember what the name of the first Honda was, but it was a tiny little, you know, tin can with 53 horsepower in it, right? And everybody sat there and laughed at it and said, you know, that wasn't going to do anything. And now years later, you know, look, look at it. But it was it was that kind of you know, considerably less expensive, similar to the Volkswagen showing up as well, right? Like the same thing with the bug, you know, less expensive, you know, um, reasonable driving experience for the money. I mean, I could see a, a disruptor like that, a company like that, that has that type of swing, you know, being able to show up and just take that EV market, you know, to an incredibly massive. I'm thinking the same thing with, same thing we saw with the first Honda here in you know in the states. Same thing we saw with Volkswagen and the Beetle. Like it's just looks like a Civic. Hmm. I don't know. Looks Tesla like to me. Actually, look more Honda <laughs> Civic like to me. It's got more bit more of a car than an EV look to it, doesn't it? Yeah. Yep. And so part of the. That are they're really big on battery manufacturing as well. And so they're getting the prices down, like how they're getting it so competitive with Tesla and even beating them in price is they're buying up a lot of uh mines in like Africa for obviously the metals that you need in battery production. Mm-hmm. So they're doing a lot of interesting things there where they're getting the battery price significantly lower than what any American company sort of produce yeah, so you're, i think you're, uh, seeing, you're seeing more and more of this in manufacturing you know i mean look there was a point in time where you had the manufacturer and then you had you know two thousand companies that produced the parts for that manufacturer to build that right um you know it, that's not the case that number's gotten smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and you know manufacturers have are, are, are in the business now of producing a lot of their own parts um, you know, we saw a pretty significant increase in that with the with the chip shortage, you know, and a lot of manufacturers realizing they're not going to deal with that kind of crap again. And, you know, started buying up companies, you know, so they could start producing their own their own chips. So, like, I, it's it, it, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. I think sometime in my lifetime that there is a manufacturer. All right. That manufacturers everything that they own and everything that they built 
you know, um, it's not happening right now, but I could see it as a possibility in my lifetime. And literally from the point of the mineral being mined to the point of that vehicle rolling off the line. All right. That souped nuts. They own the entire, the entire model. And I think that's why Tesla is investing so much in battery production, right? With their gigafactories. Yeah, and, and, and so this is, this is, this is how low they can get the price. <laughs> they got the BYD Seagull for $11,400. Well, you see that thing we're always fine with a lot of these Chinese manufacturers. One of the reasons they've always had difficulties to I mean, because it's not that this is new, right? You know, there are, are a lot of manufacturers you know, there that have not been able to make it over mostly due to, all right, safety requirements, right? So it's, yeah. you know, what, the standards and in in, in what we require here are so considerably different. Well, at least that's the, the excuse that's used on a regular basis. Um, <laughs> if they can, they can build a car for North America to pass, you know, safety standards and come in, you know, 10, 20, 30 grand cheaper than the competition, I don't see why they take that 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 one. Wait, what was the other headline I saw that I thought was kind of funny with uh, Ford? Uh, my buddy Jim Ziegler, I was actually posting that. Uh, Farley put it out there, uh, something along the lines of saying that, um, you know, uh, they're going to back off of the estimated EV um, investment they were putting into it um, because of consumers behavior not wanting to purchase as many evs i don't know i thought the article was really weird because then i saw you know brian kramer jump in there and i he saw i think the same stats i saw that you know i mean uh tesla selling more evs than they've ever have in the past i was recently at an event with polk automotive and you know they were talking about tesla has like one of the highest not the highest all right, uh, retention rate, meaning that uh, you know a Tesla buyer has like something was like a seventy percent or over seventy percent uh, probability of going back and buying another Tesla. Can you imagine having <laughs> that type of commitment uh, to it, especially today? Right? I mean, back in the day, that made sense. Yeah, but know? loyalty hasn't like, been that way for the last fifteen years, right? So, <laughs> can you imagine like over seventy percent commitment to going back to getting the exact same brand. It was, it was, it yeah. I don't know. It's weird because like, especially with EVs right now, I'm reading a lot of conflicting articles out there and I don't know if there's an agenda going on or something like that. But I mean, I've read a handful of articles where saying that the consumers, I guess, a confidence in EV is lowering. And then you're seeing, you know, on the flip side of the manufacturer of, you know, manufacturing, some manufacturers increasing their investments in EV, some claim that they may decrease it. I don't know. It's like, it's all over the place. Here's the bottom line, my perspective on, on this. I like EVs. I like them because I like driving them. Um, they are a wildly different experience than driving a nice vehicle. And um, three-letter word, guys, if you don't, uh, internal combustion engine, ice. Um, just, uh, you know, I you never know. know. You know, a lot of people on podcasts, I don't know. They don't need I, I always got to be aware in our industry that our usage of three-letter acronyms, right? That's um, what we're good for. <laughs> but it, it, it's, it's a wildly different ownership experience, driving experience, you know, um, had the opportunity recently uh when i was out visiting a friend in las vegas he had one of the 1200 horsepower lucids 
Have you seen this? So Lucid, right? They make a 1,200 horsepower Ridiculous. Sedan. It's stupid. <laughs> the fact it's even something that's built and you could buy is you shouldn't be able to buy something like this. So that's all I'm saying, right? So like, um, but you know, I'm even like the Rivian that I ordered. And I'm still excited to take ownership of that thing. You know, it's just like there's yeah, I, 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 I there's a market for EVs out there. Do I think everybody should own an EV? No. And am I good? Am I in, in my household? Am all of our cars going to be EV? Absolutely not. You know, so I don't know. Uh, but, but it's interesting to see how much of a wild swing of these articles are. Is this you know the I mean? article you're talking about? Yes, this is it right here. What is it? Isn't it? That's the joins GM. Oh, no, no. This was a. Uh, oh yeah, fear spreads. Yes, yes, yes. As demand, dude, you, you see articles like this, but then literally, I don't know. I don't know. It's all, and then, but then three days later, you see another article from them telling them how they're doubling down on their investment into the into the EV business. You know, it's like I don't, know, I don't even know, man. If I'm going to sit here and speculate, right? Like, you know what? Um, I think. Trying to speculate on the success of EVs is like trying to tell the weather two weeks from now. <laughs> you know, speaking of that, it's not like the best jobs in the world to be a weatherman. Yeah. Like you can consistently be wrong well over 50% of the time and still maintain your job. Um, <laughs> yeah, but isn't it also difficult that like it's impossible to be right because it changes well, constantly? <laughs> And that is exactly why I'm referring this to EVs, you know, and what will happen in the future. I just, here, like, here's one thing. I know. There are a lot of really, really smart people that are putting substantial amount of investments, you know, into it. So do I think it's a fab and it's just going to go away? No, don't believe that at all. You know, um, I've seen some reports that you know by 2030 that well over a third of vehicles on the market will be ev that seemed like a lot to me to be honest with you um but i gotta be honest with you i mean i do visit some you know metro areas that you know already feel like that is the case you know like like i said recently was in las vegas dude every other car in las vegas is a tesla you know, um, I actually, I think I read an article recently. I did. I saw, I saw, you know me, I love headlines, right? Um, I think it was somewhere in California. I can't remember what city. It may have been San Francisco or something along that lines, but it was a major metropolitan area. And the number of EVs had then now actually, it was either matched or just slightly exceeded ICE vehicles registered in this major metropolitan area. Wow. Well. So, and that seemed to be a pretty recent stats, but then you go read articles like what you just showed there, Austin, and they're like, oh, the fear, the confidence are changing. And I'm like, well, I'm sure there's like lobbyists for the, you know, the, not the fuel companies or whatever that really want to push their agendas as well. And, and it may not be for everyone. I mean, uh, you know, probably certain parts of the U.S. especially that just will not adopt to that, but uh I know for us in Canada here, we've got very strict accords, and I don't even know how they're supposed to meet them. You know, constantly every year, it seems like the Canadian government or provincial governments to the left uh, seem to be pushing 
hardcore. Like I think I saw something the other day that said uh, BC's changing their um, EV requirements, increasing them instead of 2040 down to 2030, right? So what, what requirements? What, what, what are they? Yeah, like 75% of the cars or some crazy number that's just going to not be achievable. Right? But here's the one thing I've seen with Canada, though, what I find is interesting is, is that uh, I've read several articles about the, the commitment to infrastructure. Uh, I was something recently, maybe it was Petro-Canada, I can't remember, but I think it was, that made a commitment by the next five years to have charging stations across all of their locations in Canada, which would, I mean, almost quadruple, all right, the infrastructure, the ability to charge. I mean, I know when I was living in Canada, the Petro down the street had one of the fast chargers, the big one, right? Was it the 440, whatever they call it, you know, that you could sit there and have like 80% charge in like nine and a half minutes or something like that. <laughs> um, it, it, well, as I'm saying, like, so, so, I mean, I think it all kind of gets tied down to into infrastructure. Now, by the way, I know we're getting towards the end of this half an hour show. Um, but it, uh, if it was me, I would be seriously uh, looking at the infrastructure and how to invest into that space. You know, when you look at, I mean, just think about this. Think of this. You know, if you ever thought about owning a gas station, you know what the margins on gas stations are? Probably like three, three to 5%, right? <laughs> Like in some cases lower. I mean, I've seen like depending on the metro area you're in, it could be one to two percent margin, right? You know, you know, you know what the margin on charging stations are? Twenty-five to fifty percent. I'm not surprised when it's like four dollars a minute to charge or some, you know, some places, right? Well, yeah. I mean, look, I go to well, let's see that big fast charger, right? And in this, in the prices can wildly change, but let's say I want that eighty percent charge in. 11 minutes or whatever my car can handle right you know like the cost of that is like 19 dollars or 15 to 15 to 20 bucks i think is what the average cost is to do something like that okay you know what i mean like if i was the ev owner i'm like okay but the margin on that depending on how they have it structured anywhere between 25 and 50 percent why I can start I that math makes sense to the point where from an infrastructure perspective I can see yeah I can invest in it and make it work well <laughs> I, if I like let's let's say I I own a little strip mall you know why would I not put that in there and I'll also do encourage a little nine and a half or 14 minute little shopping tour of whatever I got in that strip mall if I was a restaurant owner what you know what if I was Starbucks yeah what if I was Starbucks right? And the, the Starbucks just woke up one day and they announced this. Dude, that would fundamentally change the infrastructure in such a big way that the anyways, I'll shut up. I'm gonna get off my soapbox. Um <laughs> I know guys, we're uh we didn't get through a whole lot of headlines today on uh this particular one, but uh we appreciate everyone out there spending the time to hang with us and jam with us uh about today's headlines. Uh if you enjoy this content and you want to see more, please make sure you check out strategyjason.com. Thank you, everyone. You guys have a wonderful day. Take care. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in to On the Internet with Jason. To stay up to date with all our content, be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Happy podcasting.